Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Hello, and welcome to Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air global network with more than 4 million listeners. I am your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Mandy McHugh. Mandy is an author from upstate New York. She received her MA in English Lit from the College of St. Rose in Albany, New York, and her BA in English from Lemoyne College in Syracuse, New York. Her debut novel, Chloe Cates is Missing, was one of Pop Sugar's best mysteries and thrillers of 2022, and her upcoming It Takes Monsters is out October 17th. Welcome, Mandy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to have you. So I gobbled this book up. Tell our listeners about It Takes Monsters. Uh, So It Takes Monsters is a book about a woman who is supposed to take over her uh, father's company when he passes. Um, However, he ends up giving it to her husband who runs it into the ground. And when she has exhausted all of her other options, she decides she's going to kill him. And... As she's about to do that, somebody beats her to it and starts playing this like cat and mouse game and taunting her, threatening to frame her fourth murder. And then the twists and turns just go from there. So can you remember yes. the <laughs> the seed of the story, <laughs> like how this all started? I mean, um, I mean, assuming it wasn't because you were thinking of killing your own husband, although um, I certainly am there with you. I'm not one if you were. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, of course not. Um, no, this was actually the second manuscript that I finished and it was like, I was, uh, you know, not sleeping. I had a a newborn and a three-year-old and I was just like flipping back through all my old books and started reading Shakespeare at like three o'clock in the morning. And I've always loved King Lear and I just, the sisters, the dynamic of the sisters in that play really like struck a chord with me. And I really wanted this, um, kind of twisted family dynamic and I was like but I don't actually have a sister I have two younger brothers um so I started thinking like how can I expand this and then the first sentence came to me and I built the entire story from the first sentence and let's read that for everybody it was a beautiful Friday in October when Victoria Tate decided to murder her husband (laughs) (laughs) like that was that was was three o'clock in the morning (laughs) it's really hard to stop reading after that sentence you're like okay (laughs) there is something here so okay so tell us so so, since we have a fair number of um i think people who listen to the podcast who are um you know not yet published um tell us about the process of having to write a second book because that's super um hard yeah, this book has been much more intensive, I would say, than my first book. Like, publishing is never easy. There's so much that's out of your control. So you think, you know, when you're like bright-eyed and you don't really know anything about the industry, like you finish your draft and that's it, but that's not really the case. Um, so then you get the agent and then you edit it. So this book for me was a lot of edits. Um, it was actually first written in multiple points of view mm. and in first person. Um, so I did two pretty major rewrites where I changed the perspective from three different voices to just one. It's told from Victoria Tate's point of view. And it was all in the, I 
I, and I changed it to third omniscient. So it was a lot of extensive rewrites for that. Um, I love how it turned out. Yeah. And I had, I want to say three different endings that went in completely different directions. So the one that we landed with, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, that is, it was, yeah. Yeah. Quite it's a process. Torture. Well, yeah. and also, I mean, this is your second book, right? So the first book, yes. I assume you wrote over a lot of times. And then all of a sudden, my, yeah, tell us. So my first book was actually, um, it was the third manuscript I finished, but I wrote it the fastest. I finished my rough draft in a month. Oh my gosh. Wow. I have so never, I have never <laughs> written a book that fast in my life. Yeah. So that one came very quickly. And the, the edits were extensive with that one too, but not quite as extensive as this one. Yeah, it was a completely different process uh, and a different voice. Like Chloe, I could sit down and I would write like 3,000 words at a time. And it would just like pour out of me. Um, this one was my second one. I think I was still trying to find like my voice for the first draft. Um, so I was experimenting a lot. Uh, it's actually like I look back at it. It's kind of cringy. I'm like, what was I doing? Like I actually quoted Shakespeare in spots. Like just it was very literary and it didn't work for me. Um, so when I went through the edits, I realized that like I was just trying to sound like somebody I wasn't and I just fix it from there. It's so hard, right? Because we're like, you know, the first book does well and it's like, okay, this, the next book has to be better. And then you put all this pressure yeah. on yourself. And then in many ways that sort of ruins, like it, it doesn't feed the work. It actually, it's like the opposite, right? It doesn't do us yeah. any service to try to be somebody else. We are not anybody else. No. And everybody's going to compare your second book to your first book. And there's the stigma of like your sophomore novel slump. And I'm like, yes. there's so much pressure around it. Did you but, feel that? Like, I mean, having knowing this, yeah. And how, yeah. so how did that impact the, like your sort of even the process or, you know, your own internal editor who's never very nice in my opinion, um, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my, my internal voices, I am my own worst enemy. Like I get in my head, I am a chronic overthinker. I, I also am not somebody that can just write and go with it like I edit as I'm working so uh -huh. for a, a large chunk of the rewrites I would get stuck on like a single sentence just trying to put the entire book into a single sentence and it trips me up quite a bit um and that's something that I constantly work on with my writing like just I have to let go sometimes and just get the ideas out like I cannot get stuck on the difference between two words so often yeah I mean, but it is tricky because yeah. it sometimes feels like in order to sort of use a little bit like building, you know, a, a structure. So if you don't quite get the, that layer exactly right, it's really hard to sort of move forward. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that is tricky because, it's, you know, you, you know, you're going to have to go write it again. You know, you're going to have to, um, you know, so it's almost yeah. like, why do I worry so much about it? Because I know I'm going to have to uh, go back and do this again. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the things I really love about Victoria and the story um, was the sort of what felt super honest and authentic about her grappling with the idea of having kids, right? So she's yes. this career woman um, and she's, you know, loves her, the company that her dad started, feels very loyal to it. And she puts in sort of 
the the time. I mean, she is like there yes. at all hours, and um, and of course, you know, it's so it's such a had to have been such a bitter realization. We see the process she goes through when her dad leaves it to her husband. Um, yes, but so I think we don't oftentimes maybe read about this. I mean, we there's references to these. This was a woman grappling with career versus kids, but never in quite such a real way. And I love that. I felt like, you know, in her case, there's pressure coming kind of from everywhere, right? About, yes. and her husband's very set on having kids. And not only is he set on having kids, but then having them a specific way. Like she will be the mom. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And so I was curious about sort of how that, you know, not how it relates to you personally. I think everyone <laughs> has, has had that, but what yeah. about what about that interests you as you were exploring sort of Victoria's character? So I have two young kids. Like I love being a mom and it's, it's the most important part of my life. Um, but I feel like a lot of women struggle with the concept of motherhood um, and what that meant. Like I was terrified of actually being pregnant before I got pregnant. Like the, the whole idea of it, like not just the, am I going to be a good mother thing? Because that's its own entire category but like how am I going to change and what does that mean for me in my future and like what am I going to invest in it and I find like um I just found the whole thing scary very scary and then I'm also at a point in my life when I when I wrote this that a lot of my other friends weren't having kids yet they were very much invested in their careers they were happy with it and they didn't seem like they were going to be slowing down at any time even though every time we would get together, somebody would inevitably be asked, like, when are you going to, you know, get serious? When are you going to start having babies? And I'm like, it's just everywhere. Yeah. The observations, the critique, and people find it, it's just so commonplace. It doesn't even seem like an offensive question, but when really it's an incredibly personal question. Yes. And do you suppose the men are sitting around asking each other when they're going to get serious and start having right. children? <laughs> no. So I, that really stuck with me. And I just wanted to kind of flesh that out. And it was completely different from um, where I thought it would end up going. Like when I pictured uh, Victoria in the beginning, I'm like, maybe she's already pregnant and she's struggling with it. But that didn't feel right. So I worked her through like just her character and kind of gave her a deep dive and I ended up with this woman who really just like she didn't have any problem with the idea of motherhood and she supported her friends and people around her who wanted to be mothers, but that just wasn't her path. Right, right. Yeah. And then the idea that that's just not acceptable. Um, yes. And particularly in the eyes of her husband, right? That that is. Yes. And then I don't, I didn't see him ever raise his hand and be like, I'll be a stay at home dad. No, he was not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was not. Absolutely. So when you do that, so, and we don't, we haven't talked yet about Tegan, who is Victoria's sister. Um, yes. And also a super um, and, uh, interesting, also a very career oriented woman, right? Yes. Tell us a little yep. bit about sort of, did you, you thought about the sisters, did Victoria come first? How did you sort of develop those two characters to be, you know, to work together and so I think, I think Victoria came first, but um, I just, I wanted to play off of like just combative siblings and I wanted them to have their own interests. And I think um, I kind of toned them down a little bit. Uh, Tegan, did you ever watch the show Nip Talk? No, no, but I, I know, <laughs> so, I can imagine what it is. 
Yeah, so Nip Tuck was one of my favorite shows when I was like grad, like early 20s. And it's like two plastic surgeons and they are like caricatures of like the most exaggerated, horrible quality. So I really wanted this like female version of one of these plastic surgeons. And I wanted her to be this kind of like sexual, uh, no, no ties, very serious, very smart, sarcastic person to play off of the business centered, like, uh, Victoria, who kind of felt, um, obligated to her family. Yeah. Um, and, you know, coming up against her husband on top of that. So I wanted there to be that tension there too. Um, and I, the, it's funny that they came, that, uh, Tegan came from the nip tuck series. She is a plastic surgeon and the, yeah. In the book too and then it, she kind of became this like dr pimple popper person because she also like invests a lot of her time into uh her social media following to kind of drive her career forward so like mm-hmm. where victoria just wants to be successful in this business that she's spent her whole life you know working for tegan just wants like the flashiness of it yeah without having to be you know beholden to anyone yeah, she's very independent. I mean, Tegan, yes. you know, she basically runs her life exactly the way uh, she wants to run it. So, yes. Um, <laughs> and that is, you know, that is super interesting. Well, the dynamic between them is, is so, I mean, it's fun. Um, and also, like, you can, I mean, you can totally, I have a sister. <laughs> and I can totally, I mean, we're not those women, thankfully. But, um, but we can, I can imagine, you know, those kinds of things. Because you can be raised in the same household, right? And have, and be like, just totally completely totally, different completely different humans so yeah. um would you say like you came out of this book having sort of you know the the Chloe Kate's like you said happened so fast and this book took a long do you feel like it's changed the way yes. you will look at another like a, the next project was your process changed um are you a panther plotter I guess I'm just curious about like sort of do we change as right as the way we, we do <laughs> I, I I feel like I have like Obviously, there are some core things about my writing that will never change. I will always edit as I go. I will always be kind of character-driven over uh, action-driven. Um, I really love character studies. Like, give me a good morally gray character. That is, that's my my jam. Uh, <laughs> I am a pantser, though. Like, I had zero I for my first like six manuscripts I had no idea where any of them were gonna go um and then when I was working on Chloe I started um it was like a combination of pantsing and plotting so I would get to a chapter I would know kind of who would start to speak but then I would have to plot out my points as I went and because um I almost called it Play the Fool, which was the original title. Like, it's gone through so many iterations. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> um, because that went through so many intensive rewrites, I um, I really started to plot more. Um, and I feel like moving forward, I'm probably going to be more of a plotter for the manuscript in particular I'm working on right now. Um, like I have character notes, yes, but I also have like a rough outline of my chapters, which I have never done before. Uh, I have notes for character motivations and just trying to keep track of my twists as I go and like 
then I have a separate notebook where I write down all of my ideas so that things don't just get disorganized and I keep going back to different things that I've eliminated. So yeah, uh, more organized for this. I love that. I've I've done this like a lot of times and I've yet to figure out how to plot. So tell me like what, so when you're plotting, you know, how does that look for you? Are you sort of, you know, are you, are you saying right now I'm going to sit down and kind of figure out the next few steps or is it like, I'm going to figure out the whole sort of outline. How did it work for you? I'm, I'm asking so, for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I still, for the, the book I'm working on right now, I still don't know where it's going to end. Um, I have like the first outline is very rough and I get like a few chapters and then I just kind of let the characters lead me in the direction. And once I get to that point that I've plotted, then I stop and I think about where I want it to go and start mapping it out that way. But I like not knowing where my ending is going to be right off the bat. Like I know some people work where like they find that twist right off the bat and they work the entire story from that. And I've never been that kind of person. Like I, I just need to see how it's going to unravel. Um, but also try to find a way to keep it organized, which feels organic. I think sometimes not knowing that, not knowing the end, right. makes it that, yeah. so that, that wherever the characters end up taking you is where the, is where it ends. And that sort of makes yes. sense, right? It seems, um, yes, it seems so that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. And, um, so talking about having like a young family, how do you balance, um, your, you know the parts of your life I mean that is a really good question yeah um so my daughter is going to be 10 in December and my son will be eight in January so uh you know I'm very involved <laughs> there's a lot going on like both of them they're doing flag football and cheer right now so you get three practice nights a week plus games all day Saturday um over the summer it was just like I wake up very early and I'm and I also have insomnia so sometimes I will just you know be up from two to five and I will scribble down notes or dreams if I you know if I actually have dreams and then revisit them in the morning over coffee and I will write for like an hour in the morning um and you know over the summer it was like the kids would go downstairs and play or they would go out in the backyard and run around and I would take that time to write with them back in school, it's a little easier to manage yeah. everything. Like I have all of this time to write and I'm like, this is crazy. It's so quiet. <laughs> I know you're like, it, and it's hard sometimes like getting, you know, getting, I mean, not that we don't, we're not grateful of course, but no. sometimes I felt like the chaos, like finding time in the chaos is like the, the more you have to do, the more you get done kind of thing. And then when you have the whole day, you're like, all of a sudden it's like two o'clock and you're like, oh, dang, I didn't write at all yep. today, you know. Um, when I was working on It Takes Monsters, it, I would have like, my kids would be watching like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and I would be sitting in the corner, like playing their toy figurines when they brought them up to me with the TV going in the background and some sort of kids music. And I'm like, I don't know how I can do this, but like I can block it all out and just kind of focus on it. And then there are like some things that I can't, like some, like they watch Bluey, I can't it just it's just like show, they're obsessed with it but like I can't tune that one out I don't know Bluey is that Blue's Clues 
No, it is. I think it's like an Australian cartoon. It's like a family of dogs, and there's like a dance that they do, and they love it. But like, I cannot tune it out. You're like, (laughs) where are my earbuds? My noise canceling earbuds when this comes on. That's so funny. Well, my kids are 23 and 21, so of course the Mm -hmm. TV shows are probably a little different. But I couldn't block out any of it. All that music was like. It was just it was absolutely, <laughs> absolutely just impossible for me. So, um, so okay, so you so tell us a little bit. Um, I know it's the worst to sort of be like, okay, we're gonna celebrate this book, which is coming out, so exciting. And now immediately yes. everyone's gonna ask us, what are we working on next? It's like when you graduate from college and people are like, Okay, what are you gonna do? So tell yeah. can you tell us about um the what you're working on? So I actually, I am, I'm on sub with book three right now. Um, That's called half, you know, tentatively, it's called half heart. And that one is about um, two friends who are supposed to meet at a bar after work one night and one of them cancels and the other one decides to go to the bar and she meets these two guys and she, you know, she is looking for love. She is in a place where that's, you know, what she wants and she leaves with them and goes missing and when the police get involved they say you know there is no note she's you know 30 something years old there's nothing to say that something suspicious happened it's only been a few days like she could be somewhere with these people so they're not taking it very seriously uh but her friend knows that this is completely out of character for her and she decides to start looking for her and realizes that um she has gone missing at the same time as uh, she's investigating the cold case of her mother's murder. So she dives into that world. That sounds exciting. Well, I I mean, and being on sub, tell our listeners what that means and how unbelievably nerve wracking it is. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's quite (laughs) the process. Um, (laughs) So the book is finished and it is out with uh, different editors at different publishing houses trying to find a home uh for publishing yeah to get it out in the world on sub means on submission and it is it is the worst time you're supposed to like put your head down and work on something new but you just wait for the phone to ring yes and it's you know it is very like anxiety ridden and exciting um and summer is always slower you know hearing back from people um so, you know, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful it'll find a good home. I really love this story. It's one of my favorite things I've worked on so far. And in the meantime, I am working on a, a mom murder club book. So that's good where I've you. been like, it's funneling my energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you can't sit still. You can't just like, wait. No. you have to keep working no. all the time. It's so, so true. I'm also, I'm writing a little poetry here and there. And I know. Uh, I love when you, I love yeah. when you post poetry on social media which you do quite a bit it's so I do yeah uh that was like one of my focuses when I was in school and I used to write it all the time and I even like I published a little bit in college but like it's nice to get back to it because it gives me a break from like the serious just trying to work out the plot points and a lot of the times I will return to poetry to like help me work through my characters yeah like I'll just pull different poems and find motivations there yeah so I really like that yeah. Well, um, this we're going to be live um, with this on October 12th, um, which means it will be just right a after few my days. Birthday. Happy birthday and happy Thank book you. birthday um, I can't on wait. the, um, must be the 17th. 
Yes. So you have just a few days left to go grab It Takes Monsters that you could probably have it delivered to your home or have it in your hot hands on the day that it's out in the world. And um, don't miss it. It's so fun. Mandy, you are super twisty and clever. And I love that you write. Thank you. The women you write are, they're edgy. You know, they're not, you know, they're not um, going to take it lying down, which I really appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to put Thank it mildly. Thank you. <laughs> so tell, tell our listeners where they can find you um, on social media and if you have a website and all that good stuff. Uh, yep. I, I do have a website. It's mandymcue.com. Um, I'm pretty much on every social media platform, Instagram. I am at AC McHugh writer and on t- Twitter, <laughs> I am writer AC McHugh and I'm also on blue sky. I think I'm just author Mandy McHugh there. So I'm all She's over. everywhere. And McHugh <laughs> is M C H U G H. Cause it's funny. Yes. I have a cousin who married a McHugh, but it's M C C U E. So I have to C-U-E, get it in my brain. Yep. Yeah. So, fi- so you need to, we have to be able to spell to find the right people. So, <laughs> but I suspect if you search for it takes monsters or Mandy author, um, McHugh, however you spell it, you would find her. So yes. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> on another Thank fabulous you. read, Mandy. And we, um, we look forward to, to getting our hands on the next one. Half heart. I like that title. Yes. Of course, fingers I've crossed. Never had, I've never had a book that the title actually stayed the same. So, I know me. <laughs> Maybe and this Chloe will be the Cates one. Was, Chloe Cates was the girl in the treehouse. My first drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that's part of the I'll business. Change. It's all. Yep. It's all part of the business. So we leave that to the, the marketing fun. group. Totally. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Thank this was you. Killer Women with Mandy McHugh. It takes monsters out October 17th. Don't miss it. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.